On this episode of the Big Stick Golf Podcast, we recap a huge, huge win for John Rahm at the Memorial, a win that moves him into the number one uh, ranking in the world. We'll recap all of that for you. We'll also get you ready for the 3M Open this week, so a tournament that is big for some guys that are trying to position themselves for the FedEx Cup playoffs later on. And just coming up in a few weeks, we're going to get you ready for that as well. Before we get going, be sure to go check our friends out at Torchbearers Sauces. You can find them at torchbearersauces.com. Use the promo code 9iron at checkout. Get 20% off all of their delicious sauces. Also, be sure to follow us on all the handles at Big Stick Golf Official. Like and subscribe the podcast if you haven't already. We really appreciate that. Uh, as always, though, really, really appreciate you listening. Enjoy the podcast. to glory. I mean, any tour event's a big deal to win, but to win a major is obviously another level. There it is! Can you believe it? Nick Faldo! Oh, man. That was so much easier than putting. I should just try to get the ball in one shot every time. Welcome to the Big Stick Golf Podcast! Okay, everyone, welcome to the Big State Golf Podcast. We are coming off of uh, a fresh off of our second straight week at Muirfield Village. Uh, we could probably chalk this one up to being Jack Nicholas's revenge because it was not even remotely the same tournament that we saw at the Memorial this past weekend uh, to, compared to what we saw just seven days before at the uh, Workday Charity. Course was set up completely different. The conditions were different. It was just a, it was a grind out there for these guys. The first time they've had to really grind since, I mean, ah, man, maybe it had to be March or maybe February. They had just, I don't think they played a tournament that tough uh, yet this year. Um, I, I had a note here that I, I heard right before we got on the podcast that the Sunday round was the highest non-major round of golf uh, as far as the scoring average amongst the entire field. It was 75.96 on Sunday. Wolf. which is the highest non-major <laughs> round of golf uh, since the 2016 fourth round of the Farmers Invitational at Torrey Pines. Uh, so I'm here. I'm John Guest. I'm here with C-Money. So Carlton, let, let, take us through it. What did, you, uh, where, what did you think watching this tournament, especially compared to the, what we saw the week before? It's, it's so cool to see how you could make a, the same exact course that much more difficult. We saw uh, Morikawa score, shoot a – what is it, negative tw- or under, 22 under or something like that. And then yeah. John Rom, yeah. <laughs> technically John Rom shoots a, a minus nine, but still. Uh, just to piggyback on that last round point, I saw a stat too that the average scoring for the first round was also the lowest average or the highest average all year at 73. So it's playing another stroke <laughs> worse than most other courses. So it was – that was pretty brutal to watch these guys hack it up, like legitimately was- hack yeah, <laughs> I remember. Um, I remember watching, or, or sorry, last on last week's podcast. I remember mentioning, you know, I, I'm ready for these guys to face a, a stiff challenge for once. But then when I was watching it play out in real time, was a little, yeah, it was definitely tough to watch. It was incredibly tough. I, I could tell, um, probably by the middle of the afternoon on Saturday, you could really tell that the course was just e- extremely yeah. dry. Um, it was the greens were starting to turn brown. The balls were just careening, you know, whenever they were hitting on the greens. Um, if you weren't in the fairway, you pretty much had no chance to get it on yeah, the green. You were good. playing link style, and Jack's course doesn't really let you play link style, so it was at least not very often. But um, it was 
definitely extremely tough out there. But, you know, we, we still got some stellar play specifically out of the new, now new world number one, John Rahm. Huge, huge victory for him. Uh, uh, I'm kind of skipping ahead here, but he was the, the, the second ever Spanish uh, golfer to move to the number one world ranking uh, after Seve Ballesteros did back in the 80s. So huge, huge week for John Rahm. What did you think uh, watching him play kind of – he was maybe the only guy that was really taking – full charge of the of the conditions in the course but what, what, what did you think about his play I mean his play too uh, the course was so quote-unquote gettable that first couple rounds I mean we saw a 66 from Finau Finau was kind of the story going into the weekend and this just consistently hitting greens and making putts like Rom just lapped the field like it wasn't a tournament until maybe the 11th hole he bogeys he double but still like he was it was his to lose. Like he had to have something absolutely catastrophic to happen. Mm-hmm. And you saw guys dropping like, like Finau duffs a chip green side and like all these things are happening to everybody else. But John Rom. like he mm-hmm. chipped in <laughs> that birdie. And I know he got two strokes assessed to him, but still like that was the kind of game that dude brought to the course when it was as hard as anything this year. So that was yeah. really impressive. That was really impressive. 16th hole. Yeah. Obviously that, that was kind of the, the story of the round, the, the, the weird circumstances of behind just the, the yeah. whole situation and how, you know, at one point they were zooming in on his golf ball to tell going frame by frame to see if it moved. And, and then, uh, you know, he kind of just took it all in stride, worked through that, ended up hitting an incredibly clutch shot, uh, which ended up counting for bogey instead of uh, birdie. But yeah. um, that kind of brought it a little closer, but yeah, at one point on Sunday, he was up by eight shots. Uh, I think right around the turn, he was up by eight. So it was just, he was, it's kind of stunk because the theater wasn't we had a, we had that we had a rain delay or a lightning delay like it just kind of it took away from it I guess a little bit but nonetheless like the guy was on his game and we've been we've been talking about John Rom for the past few weeks like when is it going to happen when is it going to happen and it's here <laughs> I think one guy. of the obviously you know he he attributed his uh the I probably the 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 at least the gap in the scoring to, to his short game was on point the entire week. He said, Um, but I think what makes it easy, not easy, but for him, uh, that kind of sets him apart. He's one of those guys that can hit those just towering irons. um, High and soft. Just really high land, really soft. And and that gives you just an incredible advantage uh, on a course like this. That's, that's kind of dried out and the greens are playing like concrete and, um, it was interesting to see, but, but at the end of the day, it was really, he, he would tell you that his short game is the reason he won. So that's for the reason the guys that become the number one player in the world, yeah. because he's, he hits these, you know, he, he's kind of sets himself apart with his power and, and the way the shots that he hits, but he also has an incredible short game. And when he puts it together, this is what we get. Even on the most unforgiving conditions he could have. Like, I think Jack had been taught, I saw an interview with him. And he was talking mm-hmm. about how, how you address the length on the course and, like this is the answer we were talking yeah. about it before just you can't you only have so many yards you can make a course longer like he made it super hard and penalized you for not hitting your fairways balls don't spin out of the rough so you can't stop them and guess what you're in uh, inches of rough right near the green and by the pins and they're tucked close like it was mm-hmm. a completely different test than we saw last week at the work day so that was yeah. pretty cool to watch. Jack was pretty <laughs> uh, open and adamant about yeah. the fact that he wasn't happy about the low scores at the Workday nope. Charity Open the week before. You know, obviously the course was purposefully set up easier, but but he, he I don't think he could really stomach watching those guys rip no, his course man. apart like that. 
and he was in yeah in interviews throughout pretty much throughout the entire week he was he was just like yep uh this is gonna be really hard for these guys and, <laughs> and uh especially specifically i'm kind of skipping ahead again but but when he was watching bryson dechambeau's blow up on the 15th hole on friday which a hole that took 26 minutes um and had huge ramifications on the cut line but jack was jack was in the booth talking with the guys and he was watching the entire time and became kind of more incredulous throughout that entire yeah. process about uh the mistakes that he was making and how he was going to get punished for it and, and everything. And then we all obviously got a sweet meme out of it with Bryson counting up his strokes at the end of the, uh, he could, the hole. You could see it on the greens and how fast they were rolling. And I think there was a comment about they didn't care what the greens looked like on Monday. They were going to make it as tough as possible. And I saw a picture of them. They're tearing up the greens yeah. right now. Like they're that course is about to be unplayable for a while. They're making a point. Mm-hmm. They made a point to make it as hard as possible. And I, I was, um, yeah, I was I was going to mention the uh, that was you know since the tournament was kind of out of hand and it was a little it was the some of the most entertaining stuff that they showed the entire day on Sunday was it was just shots of the greens that they had already yeah. finished playing and they were literally just rolling them right up right you know it was it was an incredible uh, undertaking and they were just they weren't wasting any time uh monday by yeah by that evening they probably had no no uh, grass on any of the greens more cow was 27 strokes worse this week (laughs) just incredible that's that's nuts i mean same course i don't think did justin thomas make the cut i don't know i don't remember hearing anything about him so i don't think he played very well either after you know he tied for the the win last week but yeah like um but so yeah that was uh really interesting so we had to find kind of find some interesting things to talk about but there was plenty of uh, storylines we obviously had tiger back uh, last week he had a kind of an up and down week. He shot 71, 76, 71, 76. Had a pretty good, pretty going pretty well on on Thursday. Had a good start. Uh, looked like he had some back issues on Friday. He was pretty open. Of, he talked about that to the press and and how his back wasn't feeling good all day Friday. Luckily uh, for him and other guys like Brooks Kepka, he made the cut because Bryson DeChambeau, his 10 on 15 had such hard, hardcore ramifications for the cut line and 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 moved in. An entire stroke. So Bryson missing the cut moved the entire cut line back a stroke, and that ended up getting guys like Tiger and Brooks on the end of the final two rounds. But yeah, so what do you think about watching Tiger? I mean, we obviously haven't seen him play competitive, uh, you know, official competitive golf since uh, I think it's been since February. So um, yeah. watching him, what did, you, what did you take away from him? I mean, it was really exciting to see that that one under that first day, but. It was just a roller coaster ride, but he he kind of fell in line with everybody else, and then the back issues come up, and you're always worried about that with Tiger. But it's like him and Brooks. You know, Brooks shoots at 72 to start off; he's even par, and then fires a 75, kind of gets back in it with a 73, and then there's bam, he's an 80. Tiger shoots at 76 Sunday. It's just mm-hmm. it. Everybody just fell to the wayside outside of one dude. So it was. Um, I I heard. A, I can't remember who was talking, but they were talking about. Um, the Sunday Sunday conditions in particular, and this was a pro golfer. I wish I could remember, but he said that even if he played his absolute best round of golf on that Sunday, he wouldn't have broken par. So that gives you an idea of just how oh, tough what, that was, man. What was going through? There was one guy that broke uh, broke seventy, uh, which uh, I think it was Matthew Fitzpatrick, and he shot sixty eight on Sunday and ended mm-hmm. up finishing, I think, third place by himself. And he started out the day just way down the list, but the scoring average was so high, he beat the scoring average by close to uh, eight strokes, and he moved himself. Yeah. In, in, well, uh, you, you think about the, like Rom shot a seventy-five. I know it's it's probably really it was a seventy-three, so he still won over on the day. He wasn't even mm-hmm. even par, and he ran away with the tournament, man. Like, yeah, he it was he, tough. 
He chalked it up as one of the best rounds of golf he's ever played. Rom did, uh, yeah. even though he shot 75, you know, given the circumstances, conditions, et cetera, he, he shot 75 and considers it one of his best rounds. Well, um, and even him, he was 69, 67, 68, bam, mm-hmm. 75. Like yeah. that 68 was super impressive in those conditions. That Extremely, was... yeah. Because Saturday was, I mean, the course was tough playing tough on Thursday and Friday, but there were guys getting it. There were, it still wasn't that dry yeah. yet, but there was no rain. Uh, I think they may have had like a lightning delay one day, but it was, it wasn't very long and I don't think it really rained too much and it didn't really matter. The winds were blowing. It was breezy, dry. And, and really, really, it was just, it was like watching a, a U.S. open or a, a British open or something like that. It was really no different. I mean, that's <laughs> that kind of a course they could have made it a little, even a little tougher and it would have been straight up a U.S. open course. I mean, that kind of gives me, and you know, if the, the memorials typically played in May, um, but if, if they ever want to host like, you know, a PGA championship or something like that, have an August, yeah. you know, August, July, August tournament, um, obviously the U S opens in June, so they wouldn't be doing that that closely to the, uh, to the Memorial, but yeah, if they ever want to spruce it up a little bit and have a major out there, they definitely could that Jack proved that this weekend. That's why I'm deeming it Jack's revenge. Uh, <laughs> he was so, so sick and tired of watching guys rip up this course the week before that he, he decided it was, uh, that was not going to happen. So it's also, it was interesting to hear him talk about Jack. That is uh, talk about the plans for some of the T boxes they're changing, like the, the, the adjustments he's going to be making to the course. And I think it's specifically just to try to curtail the distance we're seeing mm-hmm. a lot of guys get. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what, what's going to happen to that course in the long run. But I mean, yeah, to give you an idea. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. I mean, it, it seemed like he just felt he, I know the RNA came out or it was either the RNA or the USGA was talking about they're interested in what Bryson's doing, but <laughs> Jack was the first guy that was like, well, y'all can be interested all you want to, but like, it's really cool to watch these bombs, but we got to do something about it for the integrity of the course quote unquote so <laughs> this and who's gonna say anything to jack nicholas about anything like yeah jack just, I he's think, as teflon as it gets he's bullet yeah he's he's for decades been you know probably probably honestly since they made um steel shafts and and iron club heads and stuff like that and yeah and didn't have like persimmon wood woods like he's been talking about how people were hitting it too far so and now yeah. and now you fast forward you know, a few decades later it's just it, it's insane how much different it is even since back then it's i mean i kind of equate it to you know what if you put put metal baseball bats in in the in baseball players hands right now the major the major leaguers and just how how different that would change the game of baseball it kind of the same thing happened to golf it i i would say it, it i think it made it better but um you know it would be it, maybe they could flirt with having a tournament where the guys do have to use wooden clubs and like and uh, stuff like that. Like, I don't know. I don't know if they would maybe just maybe make it a chair, make it a charity tournament, you know, something like that. Like something, I think that would be fun. It'd be fun to watch, yeah. you know, if Jack Nicholas challenges these guys, like, Hey, you guys won't shoot so-and-so if you use these clubs, then it'll be, or and these balls, like, I want to see what you guys can do with what we used to play with. You know, that would be interesting. Are they going to, are they going to tuck in their knickers into their high socks too, <laughs> yeah. like, and walk yeah. around in suit and tie like Harry Varden or Bobby Jones or something like that? I'm, be, I'm okay with it. That was, you know, <laughs> as long as they're make them play in the dead of summer. So they're just at, yeah, make it tough on them. <laughs> yeah, that would be interesting. I don't know. That'd be interesting. It'd be interesting to see uh, to what came out of that. Um, another thing that we have on uh, a note to make, it was interesting watching Phil Mickelson on uh, Thursday and Friday in particular. He had a little bit of a, he said he, uh, in, an, in an interview, he said early on he had some issues with his putting. He missed four or five, you know, with, within five, six feet. And 
And then he reverted to just essentially doing the putting drill he does before he uh, on the putting green before he plays. And he was just kind of taking a, a, a pause at the end of his backswing, a, a notable pause, like to where you would think that your, you know, your, your stream froze or something and then finishing his putting stroke. But what, what did you think about what Phil was doing kind of experimenting in the middle of a round like that? thought he had I thought like man I'm watching lefty this fall into the yips like it happened right in yeah. front of our eyes because for me like was he struggling like squaring the club face was he just trying to take it back is he peeking at it and then watching it through but like <laughs> he's, he's been flirting with different grips he went back to an old putter like it's is, is lefty just losing it on the green? Uh, he actually put it okay but still like it's just so odd to see a guy as accomplished as him start doing stuff like that in this kind of tournament so if you go by his social media he might be losing it i don't know <laughs> well, yeah, true i guess the aviators are kind of getting to him he's fitting it misty the dude hit a 78 yard putt that didn't make it to the green and then hit a flop shot and he got up and down <laughs> yeah but it's it's also it's the most fill thing ever like he's, for sure He's a it's, mastermind with that. I, I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't understand it. Obviously maybe. he's maybe flirting or experimenting a lot more nowadays, but it's interesting but, to see a guy like Phil, um, you know, if, if you, if you knew what he was going to become, like the personality and whatnot uh, over time, before you, he started his career, you might not have expected him to win as many, many tournaments, yeah. four, 40 plus tournaments, five majors. But well, he was a two driver guy for a while yeah. and like he was, he was that dude. So I guess maybe this falls right in line with him just I, being different, but I'm pretty sure he won two or three majors while he was using two drivers. Yeah. So, so like, yeah, who, who, I, who am I to judge, but still, yeah. it was just really weird to see that. It It'll be interesting to see what, what else he comes out with. I mean, yeah. it doesn't look like he's going to be losing power anytime soon, unless Jack Nicholas has his way and makes people use wooden clubs again. But um, <laughs> shout out Callaway Maverick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That flash face baby. Um, yeah. Yeah, he's so it'll be interesting because he's obviously competitive and he's going to want to keep trying to win tournaments, you know, for whatever amount. I think he can probably play for another five, 10 years at at least decently competitive level, but he's he's not going anywhere anytime soon. So it'll be interesting to see the gimmicks that Phil comes up with. (laughs) I don't know. We'd have to come up with like a list of like possible things that Phil could be doing in the near future. It'd be cool to see him like playing that Champions Tour and then peeking into the PGA because he can still compete in it like – who is up? He's got that kind of Freddie Couples kind of game that's still super long and still super feel like when he's on, he's on, and you're mm-hmm. not going to catch him, especially the, the on the uh, Champions Tour. And then he can maybe flirt in a major one year and just have a shot there. But yeah, geez, if he, if he ever decides still. to go to the Champions Tour, checks puts that ego in check and just goes over there and just dominates everybody. <laughs> he's probably going to petition to wear shorts so those ladies can see those calves. <laughs> what do. I don't know so. if the, the ladies at the Champions uh, Tours <laughs> events are necessarily who he's going for, but uh, but yeah, probably. Um, some other notes, uh, some just some of the we have just some of the incredible scores that we saw on on uh, before the weekend. Uh, some of the guys that missed the cut, Dustin Johnson. I mean, smooth eighty eighty on Thursday and Friday to uh, a 16 over missed the cut. One of the highest scores in the whole tournament. That's interesting. It'll be interesting to see how he rebounds this week at the three M open, but Dustin Johnson with two eighties in a row is uh, pretty incredible to see. Hideki Matsuyama, 75, 79, Webb Simpson, 74, 76, Bryson obviously would have made the cut, but he had a, a blow up at the end shot 73, 76, Justin Rose, 73, 76, Ricky Fowler with an 81 on Thursday, Oof. Uh, came back with a 68 on, but obviously that wasn't enough just, to make the cut, but just to get back to how about the Bryson fence ordeal? Like what in the world? This guy went from, he's always been the kind of outlier. He 
he's never going to be the media darling or the, I don't think the fan favorite, but I felt like he was gaining some steam with this newfound, you know, distance. He's cool to watch. And then I feel like the last few weeks he's played it. There's been the cameraman incident that he didn't like what the rules official, the first one had to say here, he couldn't jump over the those. It's like, golly, to see his stock, just do this, do this, do this. Yeah, yeah. And then just from a PR standpoint and just plummet from 26 minutes on a hole, man. Like that was Come on, sometimes he just can't help himself. Maybe that's yeah. who he is. I root for the guy. I like him. Dude's a physics major. He's obviously brilliant, but geez, dude. <laughs> yeah, I've heard. Uh, you know, I've heard some some people in the media that aren't obviously not fans of his that call him stuff yeah. like Bryson Duchambeau and stuff like that. Yeah, like. But and you, and you kind of roll your eyes. And you're like, come on, man. But then he does stuff like this, and he just kind of digs that hole a little deeper, and you're just like. Oh, yeah. Like, what's he going to have to do now to get on the other side? Like, he's, he he took five steps forward, and he's taking eight steps back again. So, I guess yeah. winning. once If he wins the next tournament, like, maybe that's the uh, remedy for everything. But For people that don't know what we're talking about, he had a, in, the incident where he, he was up next to that fence, and then he was art kind of arguing about the, <laughs> the ruling. And, and he I think he said that he gets bad rulings, like, as if the rules aren't he was talking about the fence as a stake like i can't move it and like why and he brought up phil jumping a fence in the tournament i think and like why can't i do that here and that he he didn't like the answer that official gave him at all yeah and i was looking at the shot chart on the pga tour online it's just funny to see he hits the first shot wayward uh left the next one goes right you know it gives like hit it two blah 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 250 to the hole and just says unknown space at the bottom where he's at <laughs> by the fence but yeah Golly, man. Yeah, Help yourself he, out, Bryson. It's hard it, to root for you sometimes. It yeah, it seems like his uh he's he's pretty hardcore going on about this uh making sure that nobody shows him on camera when he's having a rough time out there or whatever. Yeah. But which And it's so is his caddy. Like his caddy's yeah. stepping in front of it. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> so his caddy stepping in front, obviously, you know, doing what his player wants, but it's not helping him out. And and I mean once fans come back again, like everybody's got a camera out there anyways, you're getting taped all the time. Like that shouldn't it shouldn't be on his radar. It's it's something you just have to accept these days that everything that you do is is on the internet and it's it's being live streamed and that's why you make millions of dollars, bro. Like you know, this is a give and take. He, and the fact he's, that you, he's trying to he's control like, his image that <laughs> in that regard is is really annoying and obviously off off putting yeah. and it's not gonna do him any favor. He's made four and a half million dollars this year. Like <laughs> come on, man. Yeah, man, you can, uh, yeah, just, just, you know, deal with it. Maybe he'll hire a PR person or something, but, uh, yeah, it's getting a little, little, uh, tough to, to keep rooting for Bryson at this point. Um, okay. Let's see a couple more notes. Obviously Finau. Yeah. Finau had a, a great start oh. to the tournament. Uh, I, he was on my fan, my uh, fantasy team. So I was, uh, my DraftKings uh, lineup, but so obviously was not happy with the way Sunday went for him. I think he shot 81 on Sunday, something like that. Um, and uh, obviously that didn't finish well for it. It was good to see him play well for, you know, probably two and a half rounds. I really thought he was going to break through um, and keep it together. But I think we, we might have gotten a good insight into to Finau's, um, at least what he needs to work on moving forward. He's, he's capable, obviously, of being one of the top, if not the best golfer in the world for a stretch of three, three, maybe two and a half, three rounds. But he hasn't won as much as you would kind of, as a lot of his other peers that are kind of in the same at least in my head how I think of how good he is and how good he can be um so it was kind of just it was disappointing to watch him kind of fall apart over the weekend but it wasn't really until Sunday uh that it it got really bad for him but um 
obviously Rom took over from that point once Finau dropped off. We kind of had Ryan Palmer in there a little bit, but it was uh, not not really close enough to make it super interesting. Good tournament for uh, Jason Day. Uh, that was my yeah. sleeper pick this week. We'll get into our picks and recaps uh, here in a second, but um, we don't have real- to if y'all don't want. To. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, another clown week for uh, C Money, but uh, yeah, it was a uh, he had a few you know pretty average rounds. I mean, he shot seventy three on Sunday, which which turns out was a very good round, but. Uh, mm-hmm. Shot 66 on on Friday, which obviously was uh, got him kind of positioned to be right there at the end of the tournament. But it's good to see Jason Day with a, have a good week. Um, may do a lot for his confidence moving forward. We might see some big things out of him. I would love to see that guy get back. Again, he looks healthy. So that's, yeah. that's always a positive. The guy looks healthy. Uh, again, it's a tough tournament. The best field all year. Like mm-hmm. I'm glad he took this week off. I didn't know. Obviously, his schedule is his schedule. But – Take this week off, get rested up, get ready to roll next week. So yeah, two straight weeks basically at his kind of where right around where he lives, uh, his yeah. home hometown. So didn't want to really make the trip to Minnesota. Don't blame him. Uh, that's that's awesome. He's got you know that was a good finish. Got him you know as far as FedEx Cup stuff standings and stuff like that. Playoffs goes. He's looking looking pretty good. But um, yeah, good to see Jason Day back. Um, okay, well that kind of leads us right into our picks recap. Uh, this just the standings are spreading out even more because Keish is who's not here with us again this week, but he will be back soon. Um, another another he made his fourth winner pick of the year with John Rom. He is just crushing it. Um, also got a, a yep. the Justin Rose missing the cut, which was a good pick. That's another guy who's uh, really struggling lately, and it's been interesting um, to f- try to figure out why. Um, yeah, Justin Rose is struggling, but. So Keish got his winner pick, uh, got nailed Justin Rose missing the cut. I got the uh, Jason Day as the highest finishing sleeper. And then uh, – Dude, Matt Wolf, like what in the world, man? I thought I was set. I thought I was good for five, like at least five, but geez. Yeah, you should have got that missed cut. But so let us know what he did again. He, he shot a real oh, high thir- – he shot, he shot a 77 day one, and then he comes out and shoots a 68, like – and then mm-hmm. shoots a seventy, and then shoots a seventy-six. So I was like, "Come on, bro!" <laughs> he wasn't even the, he wasn't even uh, Bryson wasn't even the reason he made the cut. That was just to get enough. Yeah, second like he round. just he came out and blew it up. So it, we talked about him being erratic before, and I guess that played to it. But yeah, that did not absolutely. help me at all. So he's coming back to his uh to his where he won last year. So we'll see how yeah. Wolf does this week. But uh, yep. So that gives us after the sixth week after we have uh, the post Corona break. Uh, since the tour has been back, the standings are Quiche is sitting at 75 points. See, you're still looking pretty good with 40. You've got a couple good picks in there throughout the time. So you're still well ahead of me, who is sitting 10 points back of you at 30 points. I've only gotten fivers so far. So a lot of pressure on me to get myself together, or this is going to be an extremely boring segment every week. <laughs> All right, well, let's move on. Let's get to uh, this week's tournament. We are taking our PGA talents to Minnesota, TPC Twin Cities uh, for the 3M Open. Very long course. It's a par 71, so it'll be interesting to see. Obviously, not a, not a very tough course compared to what we just saw this past weekend. Uh, long time stop on the Champions Tour, but they've uh, decided to get the Twin Cities, uh, TPC Twin Cities, as one of the yearly events that we'll have every year. So, um, excited to head up there. Not as strong a field this week, uh, but still some guys in here that are looking to have either get their play back on course with, I mean, Dustin Johnson's in this field. He's world top five, but he just shot 80-80. So he's got a lot to work on. 
Um, obviously, the bigger Matt Wolf field here last year. Yeah. yeah, bigger field. Not an invitational like last year. Um, yep, an open field. Uh, yeah, so Matt Wolf is returning to defend his title. If no one remembers last year, that's when he – was it a chip-in he had for Eagle uh, on 18? And he, he actually ended up beating Bryson DeChambeau by a stroke. So, that was uh, – Shot like 22 under. So, they're scoring to be had here. I it think was an supposed Eagle. To be I, think it was, I think it was a putt, though, yeah. So, it was uh, – it's supposed to rain, so it's going to probably soften it up. We should see way more scoring this week. Yeah. So it could be fun. could be a shootout. These guys are going to be. be looking forward to this a lot more than uh, what, they were, what they were seeing. in uh, Maybe we will, too. At Muirfield <laughs> last week. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so we've got – let's see, what else? What else? We've got Tommy Fleetwood's making his return. Um, he hasn't played uh, competitive golf since before the coronavirus break. Um, I think I don't remember where he's been. I guess maybe he was in England or something. Was he overseas? I can't remember. Yeah, he stayed over. He was pretty adamant about not coming over. So, I mean, kudos to you for staying healthy. But I hope you've been playing and really good job not coming to the memorial because that he might have shot a hundred. Yeah. That is an interesting. I that's an interesting. It's interesting that he's coming back this week instead of. I mean, he could have he could have gone to the work day to get kind of a maybe a pre you know a little little practice tournament in before the official like tough tournament the memorial but interesting that he chose this tournament to come to i don't know what the hell the well he's is. probably i would think he's eyeing the uh the pga as a major so maybe this mm-hmm. is a little tune-up tournament and then he can kind of roll into it and see where he's going to be for that but yeah last kind of uh kind for of a lot of these guys that's yeah probably what this is so this is what we've got this kind of at uh, maybe the last kind of big field kind of lo- lo- lesser talent in the field tournament that we're going to have next week. Uh, the FedEx, um, sorry, the, the St. Jude's classic Jude. is now an invitational. It's, it's a, is it a world yeah. golf championship? I don't think it's a world golf championship, but it's a much uh, tougher field than it, it has been in the past. And then the PGA championship is the week yeah. after that. If, and then we're, and we're, Tommy's we're, probably not going to, especially if it is a world golf championship, like Tommy Fleetwood doesn't want to come in and score bad at that. You get, more points towards your your uh, world rankings and stuff so mm-hmm. it makes sense to come here and get warmed up and see how you're going to do so yeah we've got uh six golfers besides uh matt wolf in the in the field this week that finished in the top 10 at last year's tournament we got lucas glover uh troy merritt carlos ortiz wendell clark sam burns and brian Harmon. um so a lot of guys that had some success last year so looking to come back and, and play it play this course again uh, let's see. Brooks Kepka, obviously, that's another big storyline. He's here with his brother Chase. Uh, Chase is in the field again, playing his third tournament of the year, I believe. Um, so that'll be interesting. We've got uh, that guy. He still needs to place himself in position to make the playoffs, but we'll get we'll get to that a little bit more uh, a little earlier on. Uh, yeah, just Dustin Johnson is here. Obviously, looking to rebound from his his double eighties uh, the past week. And we got a couple interesting uh, local local guys, uh, Eric Van Ruyen, who played at the University of Minnesota, and uh, who so that's the, I, one of the local uh, universities right around the area. And then uh, current Minnesota star Angus Flanagan. That's who's what a name. He, Top he, yeah, two he's, name. He's got my vote for the best name of the week. He's also plus fifty thousand if you want to throw a, a five, <laughs> five five ten bucks on him for uh, the huge throw upset some win that way. <laughs> this is the week that you might hit one of those fifty thousand dollars, fifty thousand plus fifty thousand bets. But uh, yep, so we'll see. I mean, we'll we'll get through some of the featured groups here. Uh, obviously, uh, compared to last week's featured groups, a little disappointing, but still some interesting things going on here. Uh, we've got one of the featured groups: Dustin Johnson, Tony Finau, Tommy Fleetwood. Uh, obviously. The Travelers, Dustin Johnson won his Travelers for his 21st victory. He's, I mean, this is a prime 
if he could get his game together, just another prime prime opportunity for him to to kind of you know add add to his resume, just get a get a victory leading into the more important tournaments down the stretch here. Um, we've got Tony Finau. It'll be interesting to see how he rebounds off of a, an extremely disappointing Sunday, um, kind of a disappointing weekend overall, but specifically Sunday. And then obviously Tommy Fleetwood in his first tour, tour event since March. Uh, and he's also playing in a 3M tournament for the first time. So what are you looking forward to, uh, at least out of these guys specifically, uh, DJ, Tony, and uh, Tommy Fleetwood? I mean, the DJ thing, the 8080, I guess if any guy on tour is as uh, – I'll say apathetic, but just I feel like DJ's a guy that can go out there and shoot an 80-80 and then just mm-hmm. come out, oh, whatever, I'm a, and he blows it up and shoots 66, 63, or something stupid the first day. Um, and then with Tony, uh, this week it was cool to see him kind of go after it a little bit. I know he had the uh, – he shot the 59 at his home course the uh, third, the Tuesday or whatever before the tournament, and then the, the stat tracker video of him – hitting the ball over 200 miles an hour. Like he cut it loose a little bit last week. So it's going to be more forgiving. The rough can, there's no way in hell the rough can be any rough <laughs> higher than it was last week. So he's primed to go at it. And then Tommy Fleetwood's just a wild card. He's one of the best players in the world, but we haven't seen him play. He could come blow this thing up just like anybody else from a talent perspective. Cause it's really four or five guys and then everybody else in the field. So that's, that's, by far the group to watch but yeah that's what i'm looking for that'd be the group i'd keep my eyes on so yeah absolutely um really looking forward yeah like i i, I enjoy watching fleetwood play i'm so, so i'm glad yeah. he's back i hope he oh i'm assuming he's going to be here for the rest of the, the season he's going to play in every turn quality so. head of lettuce too that dude absolutely mocks <laughs> boy if uh if angus flanagan is the name the name champ i'm going to give tommy the hair champ for sure yeah if he comes back with like cut hair or something i'm not going to root for him anymore yeah, yeah he's done he better he's never out. cut those locks yeah he better, <laughs> yeah <laughs> He would. He would. It needs to change his name too, because I, now I associate Tommy Fleetwood with like incredible hair. He could do like herbal essences commercials and not bat an eye. <laughs> Tommy Fleetwood Mac. Just there we go. There we go. <laughs> uh, another another uh, feature group. We got Matt Wolf. Uh, this is a little bit of a kind of a disappointing one, but Matt Wolf, Max Homa, Brand, Brandon Grace. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Wolf, obviously, it'll be interesting to see. I, I like watching Wolf play anytime. His swing is just so unique. It's, I mean. Mm-hmm. And it was, sorry, it was a 26-foot eagle putty hold on the 72nd win last, or sorry, 72nd hole last year uh, to top Bryson by one shot. So all the the Bryson haters, which I don't even know if you would consider them haters, but uh, everybody considered, or really enjoyed watching that last year. But so it'll be interesting to see how he, he's he's had, obviously, a good tournament at the uh, Rocket Mortgage. He's had a uh, – I made the cut last week, played, had some good rounds, but it'll be interesting to see if he gets back into uh, kind of winning form and see what he does from there. Max Homa's a guy who I I know uh, a decent amount just because of his social media presence, but I don't I haven't really watched him play too much. So I'm glad he's a, in a feature group this week. Obviously, he wouldn't be uh, somebody that you would see much on TV unless he's in a feature group, but he's not quite big enough for that yet. And also, yeah. unless he's in contention on Sundays, which he hasn't been too much uh, recently. But so looking forward to seeing Max play. He's a he's an entertaining guy, really cool uh, personality. Um, Brandon Grace, uh, we'll see how he does. Okay, moving on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> another big, big tournament. I mean, this is it turned into a big turn. Every tournament from here on out is a big tournament for Brooks Kepka. He's uh, in the next group. He's playing with Keith Mitchell, Charles Howe. Uh, he's Brooks is the current world number six. He's finished in the top 10 of the FedEx Cup standings the last three seasons, but he's currently 154th in the FedEx Cup standings, which is 
uh, 29 spots too high to make the playoffs. So it'll be interesting to see how Brooks comes back. Um, and then Keith Mitchell, Charles Halbert. What, what are you expecting kind of out of Brooks? Is, do you expect him to kind of rebound or do you want kind of the same thing? Does, what, are, what are you kind of seeing out of him so far? I, I said it last week. I think the guy's pressing and we've never seen this kind of Brooks before. So I just, Maybe the break just kind of messed him up from a game standpoint and a mindset. I just don't see it, man. It doesn't – there's nothing that he's doing incredible. He's usually incredible off the tee, really good with a short stick, and he rolls in putts. But it's, there's nothing in his game that you can look at. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, there's a glimpse of it that I've seen at least. So, I just, yeah. I don't really have high, any high hopes for him this week. But, again, this is one of those tournaments that's scorable. He's, he's talented as anybody out there, so maybe he does something. But – yeah, kind of the same for me. It doesn't, sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it doesn't look like um, – if you watch him play, like it doesn't – you know, he, he doesn't show a lot of emotion. He, he doesn't seem no. frustrated. But I'm sure internally he's, he's, he's kind of probably wondering what's going on and, and well, the whole get back the form that he had. With the whole, you know, the Bryson thing, and they, I saw an interview with them. They were asking him, like, are you – like, what do you think about this? Do you need to change your game? And he was pretty adamant, like, I don't need to change anything. Like, it just yeah. seems – like, in, is he insecure that we don't know about or something? Just Or is something really on his mind and he's just not outwardly, like, expressing it? Because we've, we've never really got these snippets before. It's always been like, I mean, the only time you see me practice is for majors, kind of Brooks. That's the guy we've yeah. seen. So, I don't know, man. Like, it's just it's something kinda, doesn't seem right. Yeah, it's, it's interesting to see. It doesn't it, – I would almost attribute it to kind of just stubbornness. Like, he's yeah, like, I'm still true. the same guy. I don't need to work on anything. Like, I'm, I, I, it'll come eventually. Like, maybe, maybe he should press a little more. I don't know. Uh, it's, it's the typical thing you see of guys that are super successful and super talented. Like, that's what got him there. Like, why he's going to double down. So, mm-hmm. that's – Hey, I can't, can't complain, yeah. man. He's, he's multiple four, four majors in the last two years. So, do, do what you got to do, Brooks. But, yeah, I mean – it is, it is interesting every week that goes by like he, he made the cut last week but it's still I think he maybe gained six or seven sh- places in the FedEx Cup standings but didn't really make much of many waves and no. had, a, had a chance I mean the way that that course played if he really knuckled you know bared down and, and had a couple around parsh uh, if he finished three two or three over like where he made the cut he would have made made up a lot of ground in the standings so um, it'll be interesting to see how that plans out uh, then we have one more uh, featured group, Bubba Watson, Pat Perez, who's a very entertaining guy, and Paul yeah, Casey. Paul Casey is currently 107 in the FedEx Cup standings. He hasn't played much this year, but so that's that kind of attributes why he's yeah. there. But it'll be interesting to see. I, Paul's very I, good. He's Sorry, a go very yeah. He's a solid uh, iron player. But man, I I wish Pat Perez would get the recognition as a dude. Like just watching him on social media and just seeing him like speak in interviews that he's got so much personality and he's got a ton of game too, but like, it'd be awesome to see that guy show up, win a couple big tournaments and get the notoriety. I feel like he deserves just from a, a, a cool dude standpoint. Like he's just yeah. a guy you want to hang out with after playing 18, drink a beer with and, you know, just hang out by the pool somewhere, you know, I was going to say Pat Perez and Bubba Watson are guys that I would want to spend like a day, like going out deep sea fishing or something with or yeah, something like, just to see how, just the stories they would tell and, and see that just the entertainment they would bring to that situation. They, they seem, that would, that's a, that's a group that I would love to play with. Just. just yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, all right. Uh, any more notes about the three M open? I know there's not a whole lot of storylines going on this week, but uh but uh, if not, we can move on. Uh, before we get to our – we're going to make our picks of the week here shortly. But before we do, be sure to go check out our friends at Torchbearer Sauces. 
uh, go their website is torchbearersauces.com. Use the promo code 9iron at checkout. That's the number nine, the word iron at checkout. You get 20% off any purchase, and their sauces are fantastic. Be sure to go check our friends at Torchbearer Sauces. That brings us to our picks of the week, and obviously Keisha is kind of uh, kind of taking yeah. steaming full steam ahead here. Uh, we've really got to get get yeah. some stuff going. So I'm going to start us off. We're going to go in order of the standings. So since I'm in last, I'm going to start us off. And this is my monologue. This is my. This is the time I got. I need this guy. I need him to finally get it together. Brooks, for the love of God, get it together. I need you to win this tournament. I need to not be a clown. I'm a. You know, you've been a clown a couple times throughout weeks, but I'm a clown on the season so far. So I'm picking Brooks Capital win. I want him. He he just. I want. I, I think he's going to put it together. At some point, he's going to put it together. I think it's going to be this week. I hope he does. I would. I'd like to see him win by like 12 shots, just to really <laughs> stick it to everybody. But so Brooks Kepka. <laughs> if he pick, wins by 12 shots, he might shoot 42 under <laughs> the score in this place. Yeah, be, so. 12 12 shot victory on this course would be uh, very <laughs> impressive. It'd be like watching somebody play Tiger Woods 2013 or yeah. something and using the the power button and stuff like that. But. Um, so yeah, pick my pick of the week winner, Brooks Kepka. Uh, so you're up next. See who do you have? I'm. We talked about him a little bit earlier. I'm going to go Paul Casey, and he's a guy that his first. We talked about it before. His first miscut of the season was last week, and it was kind of a one off because the guy made an eight on the twelfth mm. on the yeah. par three and missed right on the cut line. And Ugh. he's he's really good with his irons. He's usually straight, not super long, but long enough. And this course is a uh, nowhere close. It's not going to be running anywhere close to as hard on the greens. And mm-hmm. when he gets his putts to fall, like everybody else, he he's competing. So I think he's got a shot, and he's playing well enough that he can win this tournament. So I, need, I, lo- I, need yeah, you. I love I love him. Yeah, yeah, I love him uh, too. He's he's so consistent. This uh, yeah. the the memorial. I mean, making that eight on on twelve was obviously devastating, but it was that attributed to his only his first miscut of the season. So consistent week in week out it never surprises me when he's uh, towards the top of the leaderboard he's he's always he's pretty much always in the tour championship he's always finishing top 30 at the end of the year um one of the guys he's just, he's just a guy that you expect to win more mm-hmm. you know like he's maybe in that i know they're both from england but like he's that lee westwoody kind of guy you like man that guy really hits the ball really well like mm-hmm. at some point it's going to click and this would be a really good week for me. So another guy, like yeah, another, another guy that kind of when he's got his, like you said, when he's got his putts falling, he's he's so dangerous. But uh, okay, so Keish isn't with us. Uh, obviously, just destroying us in the standing so far. But so I mean, if anyone's betting, this guy's been picking winners all year. So <laughs> you may want to pay attention. But who did uh, Keish have has his uh, winner this week? And he's kind of go. He's this little. Uh, there's a risk here. He's going Tommy Fleetwood. So mm. it's I like. Uh, Risk like, reward, but I like the pick. I really do, from a if, talent standpoint. Yeah, if he wins wins after not playing a competitive round since March, that would be extremely impressive. But uh, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, like I said, it's kind of with Paul Casey. Like it doesn't surprise me when when those when the Brits are. It, it surprises me when somebody like Justin Rose is struggling, but um, especially, but these two guys are Paul Casey, Tommy Fleetwood wouldn't surprise me at all if they they came out a winner. Uh, okay, so moving on to our sleeper picks. This week is strange. We're, we're, we're going with guys that are sleeper picks at, at odds that aren't very uh, that aren't very high, but 
There's um, a lot of sleepers in this field. Yeah, a lot of sleepers. <laughs> the yeah, whole field is very sleepy. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. so I'm going with a guy. I honestly, I feel I feel more confident about my sleeper pick this week than I may about my winner in Brooks Kepka. I'm going to go with Harris English as my sleeper, and. Uh, at this point, I kind of have more confidence in Harris English than I do in Brooks Kepka. So uh, that, that's why it feels weird for it to be a sleeper pick. But we're, that's, what, that's just the field we have this week. And um, so the, I'm going to go with Harris English. He's been playing well. He's, I think he's only missed a couple cuts this year. He's, he's kind of been in contention a few times. And uh, it wouldn't surprise me at all if he had a, a breakthrough week this year. But uh, so I'm going to go Harris English as my sleeper pick. The old Georgia Bulldog. Oh, he, yeah. He's played really well the last few weeks too. So he sure him has, winning yeah. wouldn't surprise me at all. But yeah, I played. Uh, I never played with him, but he grew up like not very far from where I played college golf. So I've I've seen him around. He's he's a cool guy. But uh, so who who do you have for your uh for your sleeper pick this week? Again, we've there's a lot of sleepers to pick from. Like we said, I'm going to go with Patrick Rogers. He's just really consistent. Um, he's 55 to one odds from what I saw, but. I really like the guy's swing too. Like it's mm-hmm. dudes like him. I like to watch hit the ball. So I'm going to go Patrick Rogers and uh, see where that takes me. I need to take some risks anyway. So we'll see. I, I'm not going to lie. I couldn't tell you what Patrick Rogers looks like unless he's Aaron Rogers brother. And I could say he kind of looks like Aaron Rogers, but I don't think that's the case. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, that'd be great. I, I've seen his name on the leaderboard. It's, yeah. He's been playing consistently. It seems like he's been playing pretty well lately. He's been kind of up there a few retirements, but he, he finished 18th at the Memorial this last week. I know he got cut at the work day, but again, we talk about this, a weaker field. It's an easier, uh, yeah. more score friendly course. Like it, anybody can come out here and shoot, shoot low and she's just like anybody else. So finishing 18th at the Memorial is very impressive. I mean, yeah. uh, especially after having a, a rough week the week before, but yeah, maybe he's one of those. So he got not, better. So. <laughs> yeah. It may not be one of the, maybe he, he may be one of those guys that's better in a grindy kind of tournament. Like he may, mm-hmm. um, he may be one of those guys that's kind of up there in like us British open stuff like that. Uh, but maybe not a chance to win really, but uh, kind of maybe shoots closer to par better and can't really go as low, but um, on the tournaments like this week, but yeah, we'll, we'll see if he puts it together and, uh, gets a, gets a victory for your sleeper, which would be huge. Um, okay. So, uh, who did Keish have as his, uh, sleeper this week? He's going with Doc Redman. Old Doc, yeah. which is also a great name. Uh, he's up there for top name on tour, but, uh, yeah, another guy. Yeah. Kind of, he's in my head. He's kind of the same as Rogers. They're kind of in the same mm-hmm. category. They're, they're kind of both been playing consistently pretty well. Uh, wouldn't surprise me if they want and kind of had a breakthrough and won, but you know, that's a good sleeper pick. I like it. Uh, okay. So let's move on to our most surprising players to miss the cut. Uh, I, after hitting my first, I think I want to say the first four or five weeks straight, I got my miss, my, my cut miss. I've missed a couple, missed a couple in a row now. So I'm not really the cut whisperer anymore, but, uh, I would, I'm going to go this week with, uh, a guy that I have really no idea what's what's gonna we're, we're gonna see out of him week in and week out, but I'm gonna go with Bubba Watson this week. Um, wouldn't surprise me at all if Bubba won the tournament, but it wouldn't surprise me either if he missed the cut. So uh, it'll it'll be interesting to see how that pans out. But uh, yeah, so I'm gonna go with Bubba Watson for uh, my missed cut this week. Uh, so yeah, who do you have as your uh, most surprising player to miss the cut? Well, I think we we kind of trade in weeks like we had last week. Mm-hmm. I picked Hovland to win. You picking him to miss a cut. You picked Brooks to win. I'm going to pick him to miss a cut. I just I like I spoke, it. I spoke on it a little bit before. I just don't see anything that says he's going to turn it around here. And I I just don't. Something's off. We'll figure out what it is probably in the next few weeks specifically. Mm-hmm. But I just I don't feel good about Brooksy. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. I, I'm picking him out of, kind of a, off of a hail mary. I just I'm yeah gonna, yeah. 
just want him to get but but yeah since he's being forced to play in these tournaments to try to gain FedEx Cup standings he's he's never played this course before you know like he's, yeah. he's playing tournaments he's never played in before um obviously it, that's what it kind of makes me think maybe it's wearing on him mentally like he's like why do I have to be here you know so just stuff like that if those things eh, that's just speculation but if if anything remotely like that is going through your head then it's obviously going to affect your play uh as, as you go through the week but um so yeah that's I like that pick it's it's not a bad pick at all um yeah I almost missed the cut last week too but thanks to Bryson he uh, did it <laughs> uh okay so all right so give us Keisha's uh, most surprising player to miss the cut well he's gonna go with the defending champ Matt Wolf mm-hmm. so that's an interesting one um I don't know if any of us have any of us picked a defending champ so far I don't think so I don't think so no yeah so that's interesting uh, do we need something to say like our the person we choose to miss the cut wins the damn thing. <laughs> that'd be an interesting take. Like minus, like minus yeah, five. That'd be, that'd be an interesting take. <laughs> yeah, like minus. Yeah, we will. We'll, maybe that's next a, season. That's that's a pretty that's a pretty big call on Wolf. Yeah, we can uh, we can trick. We I can, like it. We, we can uh, mess with the, the yeah. rules. Maybe score that. That might really screw me this week if Brooks figures it out. But <laughs> yeah, can you imagine like in the where we're picking the uh, the you know if the we're switching like our if I pick the guy to win and you pick him to miss the cut and then he Oh wins man, the or, swing. Or yeah. The point um, swing on that would be I, I could yeah, it, we may have some interesting interesting uh rules for like keeping track of the points, but I, I'd like a situation like if you pick a guy to win and then he misses the cut, like maybe that's some minus five or something like yeah, that. Like that'd we'll, be cool. Yeah, so we'll have to play with it a little bit. Um and see how that goes. But uh, yeah, the picks are pretty fun. I enjoy doing it, even though I'm well in last place and uh, yeah. with in a whole We've got life. six winners total too, by the way. Like he had Sungjae a couple weeks, Tyrrell. I hit on DJ Bryson, then he's hit on uh, the last few. So, I mean, it's been really good for us from a pick standpoint. So, yeah, I've. Uh, you got to get on board, man. You got to hop on the I train. I know. Don't That's why I'm going week. with Brooks, man. I'm trying to, I'm trying to see what I can do, but uh, I, maybe I'm like a curse. Like, so it's like the Madden curse for golf picks. Like, <laughs> Uh, every 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 time I make a pick, it's it's gonna go poorly for that guy. So, uh, yeah. So there's our picks of the week. Obviously, go check our the uh, website. We've actually got our picks up already for the week. Uh, our our bets uh, and our drafting lineups for the week on the www.bigstickgolf.com. Go check that out. We've also got our uh, what you need to know preview of the uh, 3M. A more kind of in depth look at what's going on at this week's tournament. Um, but that's it. Besides, uh, so. Let's sign off. We got our one big thing. We kind of hit on it so far. We can kind of expand on it a little bit, though. My one big thing, obviously, I'm going my winner, my winner pick, Brooks Kepka. What is he going to do this week? He's 154th in the FedEx Cup standings. It's getting in the crunch time. He really needs to start positioning himself to, you know, make cuts, obviously, but get top tens, top fives. He, he needs to get up there uh, on Sunday, be in contention. Um, you know, I, I can't really like we kind of hit on. I can't really d- determine what's going on with him. It's nothing. Doesn't seem like anything in particular. Um, so one big thing of the week, Brooks Kepka and and some a well, few other guys who are trying to position themselves. He did. I saw he had an MRI. I think it was Monday or Tuesday going to Duke, oh. and they were saying nothing really changed. I think the verbiage was there's nothing has changed for the better. So I mean, it could be a health issue with him. Like, and he's not trusting to unload it on his knee and. If that's that's a real thing for a golfer. Like if you Absolutely. can't really turn and get any weight onto that knee and fire it like you're normally used to doing it, like that's for him as a 
as much of a power game as he has, like that's a big weapon he doesn't he doesn't have in the bag. So yeah, that could like, be it. It's not. Yeah, it, it might be. It, it's it, it may be something we find out more uh, maybe after the season's over, or or maybe if it just gets to a yeah. point where he can't play anymore or something and like that. He's the kind of guy that I would think would downplay it too. Like that's a pretty big step for him to come out and mention like, Hey, it's because he's never been an excuse maker. Like he's just kind of, he goes about his business and plays like he plays bad. He lets you know, and he can get a little snarky at times, but like for him to come Mm -hmm. out and mention that, that was, it's gotta be something. So. Yeah. A couple of guys uh, just kind of get on the FedEx. I'm I'm paying more and more attention to the FedEx cup standings at this point. It's just, uh, especially given the the interesting, obviously schedule for the year and, and there's short. So it's just the, it's interesting to see them have less of a time to build FedEx Cup points where it kind of sorts itself out throughout the year. All the best players will be towards the top. But we got a couple guys like Sergio Garcia is, uh, I think he's in 123rd or something like that, just over inside of the playoff line. Justin Rose, another guy we hit on Oof. earlier, uh, who's Oof. been struggling, is is like 119th in the standings. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, these, these, these kind of staples on the tour, uh, they're struggling this year. Obviously it's a strange year, obviously for everybody in the world for all different kinds of reasons, but it's also a strange year on tour. And um, it'll be interesting to see how this, how it kind of pans out, but. Um, we got four more tournaments, I think, before we really hit, we hit the, the, the Northern trust and that top one mm-hmm. twenty-five tee it off. Uh, the PGA is going to be a little bit more point heavy, but still like there's some mm-hmm. guys that, that need to either make the moves like Brooks or need to kind of, solidify their position like there's yeah i'm just looking at the list like there's danny willett's a major champion he's right outside at 128 he, he shot a plus 10 on a sunday that could be big for him like he could have found his way to, to climb a few more spots up uh nick watney i mean there's there's some decent names on here that are just outside looking in at the uh top 125 so it could be fun. <laughs> and, and not just, you know, obviously the playoffs this year are very important, but the, 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 there's, there's big tournaments that are taking place kind of right after the season, quote, ends. Um, we're going to have like a, two U.S. Opens in the next FedEx Cup cycle. The Masters is in November. We're going to have two Masters. Um, I guess well, we'll have one British show because they just canceled that. But, yeah, so, they, I mean, they, they've got big tournaments coming up right after the, the season, quote, unquote, ends uh, this, this season. So, the, the big-time FedEx Cup points tournaments that will be applied to next year um, and obviously major championships and stuff like that. So these guys aren't just trying to get prepared for potential FedEx Cup playoffs. They're trying to, you know, they got some majors coming up. Yeah. Brooks, Brooks has a couple, you know, major in two weeks. and uh, We have and a Masters in the fall. Like Masters in November, yeah. Yeah, like, it's, like maybe that's – That's going to be a completely different course. Yeah. Like who knows how that's going to play. Uh, that'll be interesting to see. But no Azaleas, unfortunately, but uh, – We'll see how that goes, but yeah. So I know, man. One big thing this week: FedEx Cup standings are getting more and more crucial, and we've got uh, obviously one of the best golfers in the world is sitting outside of it, but we've got some other big time names. So that's what I'm going to be paying attention to: where where the standings are, kind of how they're changing each week, and and especially as we get into crunch time. Make your move this week. This is a shot to do it. Yeah, the last (laughs) kind of easy tournament, easy field. Nothing's easy on tour. WGC next week might not be, but (laughs) absolutely not. But all right, well, that'll do it for us on the Big State Golf Podcast. We obviously every week, thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, We hope you enjoy the three. What's up? You got one more thing? Make sure you follow us on IG, like the Facebook page, check out the website, do all that. Big State Golf Official, follow us on everything. Rate, review, all the good stuff. Uh, that'll do it for us this week, though. Hope you enjoy the 3M Open. We'll be back next week to cover all of the events. We'll see what goes down. But thank you for listening. That's it for us. Have a good one.
Thank you for listening to the Big Stick Golf Podcast. I mean, the crowd was unbelievable. We should see the best players in the world. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. I wish we could play in front of crowds like this, you know, every single week. Until next time, take care. Otto Palmer is the master.